0: Well, this morning um, I want to talk about money. Uh huh, money. We want to talk about money this morning. Last year we, we we had a series which we called Power to Create, and in that series we we looked at a whole bunch of topics around money and. And we spoke about clearing the the fog around faith and finances, and we asked the question: Does God really want us to prosper? And you know, is it bad that we prosper, or is it good that we prosper? Or you know, and we and we kind of cleared the fog around that. And we and we we learnt in that series. If you missed it, you can still get it on our podcast facility. But we learnt in that series that. Um, that God really does want us to prosper, and it's not just a spiritual prosperity as well, but it's also a material prosperity as well. That We see the, the blessing that came down Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and is available to us in the New Testament through faith in Christ, is, is a blessing that not only enriches our lives and gives us peace and gives us heaven and, 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 and frees us from addiction and bondage and all of that, but it's also a blessing that affects our material World as well. It affects our body, our health. It affects our our finances as well. And so we we spoke about that last year, and we spoke about having a godly vision and how we need to align ourselves with a, a, a godly financial vision. This morning, I want to kind of pick up where we left off last um, year and uh, and talk about money matters this morning. And I'm going to start with just this anonymous quote that I, I, was, I was just reading and um, I thought I'd share with you. It says the following. It says, the biggest test you will ever have is with money because it affects your deepest thoughts, feelings, emotions, integrity, honor, worth, and value. Isn't that quite powerful? Can you nudge somebody this morning and tell them that money affects everything? And have you noticed that it does? It affects everything. It affects every part of our life. Money affects the atmosphere in which we live our lives. How many of you grew up in homes where money was like the cause of stress and fighting and anxiety in the house? And and how many of you grew up and used to, your parents were freaking out about money? And where am I going to get the money to pay for those shoes? And what do you mean uh, you've got another camp that you need to go to? And uh, how many of you know that that money affected the atmosphere? In which you grew up, eh? And, and how many of you know that money affects your mood as well? Yeah? Imagine I take all your money away from you right now. All your money gone. How do you feel? Depressed. Hopeless. Confused. Angry. I mean, isn't that true? Like, it, when, when, when the money's not there, man, how do we feel? Desperate. We feel abandoned. It it affects our mood. Now imagine you win the lottery right now. How do you feel? Happy, fulfilled, excited, content. You even feel loved, hopeful. I mean, you just, hey, it's like I knew it. It should have happened to me, you know? uh, Just remember to tithe when you get that lottery, okay? it affects our mood the atmosphere in which we live our lives every day it also affects our relationships as well i was just chatting with a friend this weekend and they were telling me about how they're presiding over a legal case where where people invested a whole lot of money into this like consortium and the consortium failed and now there's this big fight as to whose problem was it and whose fault was it and you know there's there's how how many marriages how many friendships have been ruined because of money it affects our relationships. If you've got a friend that's always asking you for money, <laughs> does it does it affect your friendship with them? It kind of does, hey. Or what about that friend that you loan stuff to and then they never give it back, you know? It, it, or with those people that say, yeah, I'll pay you, and then they never do. It affects our relationships with each other. It affects our friendships. Um, they say in marriage that like the, there's the top three in marriage but the top one in marriage it, the cause for most stress and fighting in a marriage is, is money it's we're fighting over money to the point where some couples cannot talk about money at all they like separate bank accounts you pay these bills I'll pay these bills and we'll see each other at the end of the month <laughs> that's how they roll because if they have to, start asking each other, well, how did you get that? It's just suddenly there's going to be this huge problem and, and fight. And, and that, why? Because money touches every part of our lives. It affects us. You know, there's that famous quote where it says, that if you touch a man's wallet, you touch his heart. And it's absolutely true, you know. You're like, if you, if you really want to see where we at and what we value and what we honor and what we about and how much I care about you and etc., then look at what I'm doing with my money, because that should reflect that, okay? Because you always put your money where your mouth is. Isn't that right? So money really affects us in so many ways. And I was uh, it's just interesting to know that if you go to the book of Genesis and you look at chapter 1 and verse 26, it says there that God created mankind to have dominion over the earth. How many of you have heard that word dominion before? It's an... It's quite a nice word, hey, dominion. It just sounds good. I want that dominion. It's a. It's it's, if you look at it, it's it's like a a word that you. um, It's like a word of royalty. Um, It's like kings have dominion. It means to exercise authority over. It means to rule over or to have control over. And while we've been pretty good at um, getting control over many things in this world. The one thing that seems to escape our dominion, our control, and our authority is this thing called money. Have you noticed that money is very slippery? (laughs) We never seem to really be able to get our hands on it. We never seem to really be able to take dominion over it. It always seems like it's out of our grasp, out of our reach. We never have enough of it. We can never get enough of it. And the stuff that we do get of it... Kind of just goes on things and we don't know how it goes on those things. How many people have you, how many times have you said, it comes in and it goes out, I just don't know where it goes. Or you finish paying one expense and suddenly there's another expense to pay. And it's almost like there's this, there's this money cycle, it's like money has its own mind. You know? And, 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 and we hear people saying this all the time, I don't know where it all went. You know, you look at your wallet, you fill it with some cash, you draw out of the ATM, and then you get like to week two and it's like, What happened to it? You know, it's gone. It just kind of has this mind of its own. It just walks out. It just goes where it wants to go. And the problem is this, is that if you have something that affects your life so much and you do not have authority over that thing, you have a problem. You have a very big problem. This thing affects us so much and we don't have a handle over it. We don't have dominion over this thing. We, so we have a big problem. It means that money is ruling over us. It's di- dictating our mood. It's dictating our relationships. It's dictating how we spend our time. It's telling us we're not telling it. It has dominion over us. We don't have dominion over it. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been sick before and, and, and you, you've never been able to find... And you go to the doctors, and they can't diagnose what the problem is. Anyone ever had that? It's like a really horrible thing. I remember many years ago, I was sick, like really sick, and the doctors couldn't diagnose it. And I go to this doctor, and he'll say it was this, and you take treatment for that, and it does nothing. So you're going okay, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's go get a second opinion, and you get another diagnosis, and it's still not the same thing, and you're searching the Internet, and you're trying to find out. You're looking at all the symptoms, and you you can't figure out what the problem is, and so you can't deal with it, and in the meantime, you've got all the symptoms of it. And it's the same with money, is that often people don't know what their problem is with money. They've just got the symptoms of money, it's, just, it's not there, it's affecting their mood, it's, and they don't know whether it's budgeting, whether it's vision, or whether they're not giving enough or whether they're not saving enough or whether they're spending it on the wrong things or maybe they're making wrong choices with their lives. And to compound the issue, it's not something that we really like to talk about as well. Because there's so much shame that goes with it. We're ashamed. You know, How many of you like, like to sit with somebody and say, hey, check out what I earn and look at my debt as well? <laughs> Pretty good, eh? How's your debt doing? You know? It's not really like something that we like to share or talk about. Like our money is like it's private and you know, if, you, if we share it with people, then you know, they're going to think different of us or bad of us or whatever. And so it's kind of like this, this monster that we deal with on our own. It's like this hidden monster and it's horrible and it's ugly and it results in uh, typically three behaviors towards money. Here, here are the three Behave typical behaviours so towards naughty. This is the first one. AV. Boom. We stick our heads in the sand. And we say, What crisis? You know? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know how to deal, deal with it anyway. So what do we do? We just stick our heads in the sand. And that really means we just we try and forget about it. We just try and get on with life and not worry. It just ignore this thing called money and and the problem that it is to us because we know we talk about it and all these Emotions surface and all these feelings come out about it So we just stick our head in the sand or maybe you're like this person this morning You have the Cinderella syndrome What is the Cinderella syndrome? The Cinderella syndrome is 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 where one day my Prince Charming? will come one day I will win the lottery and everything will be okay one day I will get a pay increase and then everything will be okay one day I will get that dream job and then everything will be okay one day I'll land that tender and then everything will be okay and you wait for that one day and you live with the chaos that is there right now you dream about a future but there's nothing that you're going to actually do towards that future or maybe you like this person over here or can we call it a person you are defeated. You are defeated when it comes to money. You're you're just slayed by this thing. You know, you, you've tried to budget. And then like three months later, you're like, what was I thinking? I can't spend that much money on food. Fail. Or what was I thinking? I thought petrol would be like this. And you failed at it. You tried to budget. Then you tried to save. You opened that savings account. Mm? Where is it now? 0.0.0. You tried and you failed. You thought you could get there, but you didn't get there. And so what happens is you end up defeated. You feel like giving up. You just feel like this thing is impossible and you cannot get a hold of it. This morning, I want to breathe some hope into you. If you're in any one of these categories. All right. I want. This is the word for you this morning. Take dominion over money. Take dominion over it. And we're going to share this morning, I'm going to share some practical steps that you can take and implement in your life. Which, if you do, this thing can go from being a monster to something that you actually got a handle on. Amen? All right. Take dominion. Nudge somebody, tell them, take dominion over money. <coughs> Matthew 6, are you there? I wasn't going to read this, but you know what? It's it's so good. It's one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to the topic of money. Matthew 6, and let's read from verse 25. (coughs) That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? O ye of little faith. So do not worry about these things, saying, What will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first, then, the kingdom of God above all else and His righteousness and He will give you everything that you need. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. (laughs) There's three key things here that I want us to pick up on in Matthew 6 that Jesus mentioned. And, you you know, Jesus was talking about this because... At this time, these guys were really worried about finances. They were living in times that were seriously uncertain. I mean, we talk about tax in our times, they had tax. You talk about debts, they had debts. They, they were living in an agrarian, mostly society, so food was an issue. And, and so they were really concerned about their provision and what they were gonna, where they're gonna get their next meal from and their clothes and all of that sort of stuff. And Jesus says three power statements to them, which if we pay attention to, And if we start to unpack them, we start to find that they're actually keys in order to gaining ascendancy over this thing called money. He firstly says, he says, aren't you of more value than they? And the other power statement is, he says, oh, you of little faith. And the third one is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Let me talk about the first two, firstly. Um, he talks about value and, and faith, okay? And he says to these guys, you know, he draws a parallel, and he says, look at the birds, and they don't sow or reap, yet God provides for them. Aren't you more valuable than they? Look at the lilies of the field, you know, aren't you more valuable than, than, than the lilies of the field? And what he was trying to say to them the whole time was this. He says, you have value in the Father's eyes. That you have value and the problem is you don't know your value and because you don't know your value it's causing you to freak out about money (laughs) you see understanding our value is critical to winning in the money game nothing attacks your self-worth more than finances come on it's true yeah I mean, if you don't have it in the bank account, or you don't have such nice things to wear, or, I mean, I look at my kids and how they're like, you know, they're always looking at what other kids have or whatever, and, and ultimately it reflects on them as value. They don't feel valuable because they don't have. This thing affects our value. And Jesus is trying to say to them, listen, your value is not dependent on what you have. Your value is dependent on whose you are. All right? Your value is dependent on the Father. And when you start to really know and understand your value... It starts to release this thing called faith in your heart, okay? And faith is a critical component in order for you to have victory in your finances. Value and faith go together, and they help us and empower us to have dominion over finances. If you take the Israelites coming out of Egypt, for example, they were slaves. They were under the dominion of the Egyptian government, okay? Let's put it at that. And there were slaves in that system. And then they, God rescued them and he pulled them out of that. And his goal was to take them to the promised land. And the promised land was a place flowing with milk and honey. It was a place where they could sow and reap. A place where they could own land. They could be involved in free enterprise. They could store up things. It was an incredible place. But they didn't actually, that first generation, didn't get to that promised land that God had for them. Why? Because they didn't understand their value. And they didn't have faith. Those two things. Value, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. (laughs) That's what it says in in Genesis. When they were thinking about going into the promised land, they looked at the giants in the land and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as weak. They saw themselves as unable. They didn't understand that they were God's holy nation, that they were God's chosen people, that they had a Father who loved them, that all the power of heaven was available to them. They chose to stay in this place of living like slaves and thinking like slaves. They had a poverty mentality. They were thinking like slaves were thinking. They weren't thinking like sons think. And the problem is that it affected then how they lived their lives. And the problem is it affected their faith. And because they because of that, they didn't have faith, so they couldn't enter into what God had for them. And it was an 11-day journey from, 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 from the Red Sea to the Promised Land and took 40 years and they all died in the in the wilderness. Because they didn't understand their value, and because they didn't understand their value, they didn't, couldn't ignite this thing called faith. And then when they didn't have faith, they weren't able to enter into the promises of God. It is so important that you know your value in God. It's so important that you know your identity in God, that God has a plan for your life, that you're not just the product of some random mutation taking place over millions of years from the, you know, the, the goo, to, between the goo and you, there's this entire zoo that took place and this, everything is random, you know. It, God has a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. You are way more valuable than all the birds in the world, okay? And yet He's providing for them. And so we need to reshape our minds and renew our minds with who we are in Christ. That we're sons, that we're daughters of the Most High God. That He takes care of His own. And we need to start filling ourselves... With a correct self image. And when we do that, faith starts to build in our heart. And when you have faith, just as small as a mustard seed, people, you can move mountains of debt. <laughs> Amen? Mountains of like, of, of lack. You can move. You can fill the cupboards in your kitchen. You can fill your clothing cupboards. You can provide for your kids. You can get your kids to sports events. Amen. That's a recent testimony that I have. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we did it by faith, and my son went to a sport event that he needed to go to by faith. We can move mountains, but it's based on value, you see, because typically this is what the Israelites did. As soon as they faced lack in their lives, what did they do? But I want to go back to Egypt. God doesn't love us. And they would moan and complain and then they would like want to kill Moses and, you know, kill each other. And they're just, you know, what do we do when we face with lack? The same thing. Come on. Am I the only one here this morning? We all do that, don't we? We do that. As soon as there's a lack or something, we immediately start doubting God's love for us. We immediately complain or sit sit next to, you know, Lange, things are tough bro. The broken pipes and the flat wheel and the car and the, and then we find people and everyone's like, you're in the 15% and, and you know, we just, and we just, we, we, we like, we, we build this miry pit around us of, of, of no faith. Of no faith. There's so many people here this morning, you you really, because of your financial situation, you doubt God's love for you. And that's exactly what the Israelites did when they came out of Egypt. They doubted God's provision, God's power, because of the lack that they were faced with. So what do we do when we face lack? We remind ourselves of who we are, of whose we are, and we start to exercise our faith. Listen, you're never going to get dominion over this thing called money until you get that thing right. Until you understand your value and you start to exercise your faith. You start to take faith and you start to go, right, I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to pray the promises of God. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to confess the word of God. I'm going to speak life over my cupboards. I'm going to speak life over my kids. I'm going to speak life over my body. I'm going to start to put the word to work in my life. You you will not win over money if you cannot do that. You will always be under the power of this thing. And the truth is you, you're way stronger than it. The seed of faith that you have is so powerful inside of you. God has given you a measure of faith and it's so powerful inside of you. You can move mountains, man. You can see some of, uh, how many of you, you, when you think about the future, you know the things you should have, what you should be driving, where you should be living. You've got an idea, huh? A couple of us. Come on. Come on. Come on by faith Amen. by faith and the circumstances are going to come and they're going to say "Oh, there's this bill or there's this thing and what are you going to do? you're going to immediately your self-worth is going to get attacked and when your self-worth, your value gets attacked then your faith dries up and then you're in doubt and you're in the miry clay again okay? and you know what? God is so good, he still rescues us out of that I don't know who I was talking to uh, this about the other week. I can't even remember now. Nah, my mind's like full of panados at the moment. Am I rambling? Am I fine? You you're you okay? All right? Because I feel like I'm in a fishbowl. And <laughs> anyway, um, now what was I talking about? I was. Oh yeah, I was talking about so many... <laughs> I was talking about you know what? God is so gracious. He rescues us. Yes. He rescues us, man. I know there's so many times when I faced with lack. And you know what I did? I jumped into the miry clay, into the pits of despair and I desponded life and I said, Woe is me, nothing works my way. And I've got there and you know what? God's rescued me out of that place and provided supernaturally for me and put me on the solid rock. But I get guess what? Get this. It's not what it's not his first plan. It's not his first plan. His first plan is that you would start to exercise your faith and you would start to declare the things that aren't as though they yeah. are. And you would start to walk. And then you would see a change in your life. That's what he actually really wants for you. But he'll rescue you. You know, he will rescue you. He'll save you. you were, I'm telling you now, he loves you that much. He will always save you. But his first prize, man, he, he wants you to exercise your faith. Amen. That's why he's talking to these guys. Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Don't you know your value? Don't, and I'm asking you the same this morning. Do you know your value? And do you know the power of this thing called faith? The next thing he said to them, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you want to get dominion over money, you have to get first things first. Okay? What comes first in life? God and his kingdom. It's just the way it is. It's kind of like if you, in the morning, and you, mean, you know, a woman as well, I guess, you know, you, you're putting your shirt on in the morning and you're half asleep, and if you grab a button over here and put it, in, right and then you start going up and then how many of you have found that you somehow you you skew you aimed at the wrong button it's much easier if you start at the top you find the top hole and the top button and you put that one together and then everything else goes in order okay it's the same with our finances we have to put first things first okay Proverbs 3 says the following it says, honor the Lord your God with, the pos- with your possessions and with the, say it. Come on, say it out loud. The of all your increase. So your bonds will be, come on, let's read it. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with wine. Your vats will overflow with wine. There's blessing when you do what? Honor God with the first fruits. What does that mean? That means pay your tithe. What is a tithe? The tithe is the ten percent of your income, all right? And the first thing you do is you put that into God's kingdom. All right. And where's the best place to do that? Your local church, because that's the expression of God's kingdom coming to the earth. All right. So you take your tithe and you put that in and you say, Lord, I thank you that as I pay my tithe and as I put you first in my life, I can expect the rest of the blessing on everything else that I have. Get that right, and you will start to experience the blessing of God in your life. I mean, I've spoken, I was telling to this, this person who's been a Christian for a long time, and they said this, you know, I've always struggled to tithe. Always. It's been such a, like a, ah, if it goes, then what will I have? And we can identify. We all know. I mean, some of you have really got it down, awesome. You know, some of us, we, we really struggle with this thing. And they said this, they said, you know what the worst part about it is? It's not like that I feel guilty and whatever, and that I know better. The worst part is that I don't feel like I can put faith towards the blessings that come from tithing. Guys, go read the blessings of tithing. Bring the full tithe into my house that there would be abundance, that there will be food in my house, and you will see that the, I will give the rain in its season. I will, there's so many blessings that come from putting God first in our lives. When you put him first, then we can put our faith on the blessings and the promises that he has. If you're not putting him first, then you can't really go and claim this. You can't really go and say, God, you're thank you that you're gonna fill up my bank accounts When you know you're not honoring him with the first fruits of your life. Yeah? Okay. So, and remember, faith is the key thing here. Faith is the key thing. And if you if you're a regular tither, awesome. I want to encourage you. Some of it, you know, with, with me, it's, it's a debit order that goes off every month. It's like, the I know that my salary normally comes in by this date, and I schedule a debit order on that day for my tithe, and it goes in. And I, and I don't think about it. For me, and that's we've been doing that for years, but for me, I had to be reminded that there's blessings attached to that. Because it just became this automatic transaction, and I forgot about it. And I had to remind myself, I was reminded by someone's preaching, that that we need to have faith around it too. It mustn't just be this like duty or this obligation or something. No, it's a joy. It's a privilege to sow into God's kingdom in the city of Durban. Amen. And see his kingdom come here and there's blessings attached to it. And therefore I must apply faith to it. It's not just a transaction, another thing on my statement that I know I need to. But it's faith that I need to put behind it. You still with me? Amen. So put first things first. What's the second thing you should do to get dominion over finance? Well, the second thing you should do is you need to pay yourself. After you've paid God, pay yourself. You work so hard for your money. You labor eight hours a day, five or six days a week, and some overtime here and there. You are sitting in a... You've got buses that remind you of parents. You've got... You know what I mean? You... you, it's tough out there, you know? <laughs> um, and it, what, what should you do once you know you've got first things first, right? The second thing is pay yourself. What does that mean? That means, does that mean you can go out and buy those new shoes that you really want or that new gadget that's out there or, you know, that car or those new clothes? No. That doesn't mean pay yourself. Pay yourself means save money. Save. So you pay God first and then you, ah, look at this. Now you're all like, ah, you were giving me the opportunity, you know, to go and spend that cash. I knew I could spend. No, 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 no. The next thing you do is you save, Okay. Now I know, look, I could see just by this reaction, you you guys react the same way my kids react when I say they need to save their pocket money. Like I give them their, you know, their whatever, I what already give them, I don't even know, it's like a hundred rand or something like that a month, okay? And then we say, okay, this is your tithe, and then this is for savings. And then they look at that money and they go, <laughs> just like you guys did that just now. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> because it's, it's you know what we think about savings we think it's that that horrible thing savings and it stops us from getting the things we really want we have to save it's almost like we're giving that money away it's like ah oh, we have to save but can i tell you something this is i read this this is really good savings is is not a grudge spend savings having savings means you have ability you have choice You have margin, you have security, and you are ready for opportunity. That's what savings means. Isn't that good? I'm going to read it again. It was so good. You have ability, you have choice, you have margin, you have security, and you are ready for opportunity. That's what savings is. Proverbs 21.20 says the following. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. (laughs) <laughs> How many fools do we have here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the implication of the scripture is that the, the wealthy got that wealth and luxury, the wise got that wealth and luxury by not spending everything that they got. That's what that scripture is saying. They got what they have by not spending everything they got. So listen to this. If you put 10% into God and you put 10% into savings, and I'm not talking about savings to spend, okay? Like, you know, like you're going to save for a fridge or whatever, you know? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about savings to stay savings to stay savings forever. In other words, it's generational wealth. It's money, and the only objective I have with it. Is that it will be laid up for my children and my children's children. That I, that I'm gonna grow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's hard to think like that sometimes, eh. Especially the unmarried, eh, you know? Isn't that amazing just how we're so now focused? Guys, if we really want to get dominion over money, we have to be long-term focused. We have to think about tomorrow and next month and next year, and we have to think about our children and our children's children. You know, in in the Bible it says that the the parents ought to lay up for the children and not the children for the parents. And that a a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children to... To his grandkids. Um, that that is biblical. That's right. That's God honoring. That's what God wants to see. Listen, this is remember we're talking about aligning ourselves with God here. We're aligning ourselves with the Word of God, and therefore we're attracting the favor and blessing of God. Get first things first. Second, put ten percent aside, and and this is now the family trust. And this is going to grow, and this is i'm going to invest it in multiple places i'm going to get wise about stewarding it and i'm going to grow it um, and it's probably wise that when you start doing this, save a month or two buffer save a month or two salaries so that you you've always got a two month in another little account, so that if you know the car breaks down or if your laptop gets stolen, or i don't know you know your kids come home with those slips saying they need to go on some outing and it's going to cost this much money you. You're you not, life is crazy, okay? Stuff happens, it's unpredictable. We don't know what's coming next. So it's wise to have at least a month or two salary saved up so that you can deal with those unforeseen things. But then you've also got the savings that's going to the generations. Deuteronomy 28 verse 18, uh, 8, sorry. It just says this, you don't have to go there. It says that God will command a blessing on your storehouses, it's an interesting scripture. God will command a blessing where? What is your storehouse? It's your savings. It's on your savings. I've experienced this in my life. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes we feel like, oh, you know what? I'm putting like 30 rand away. Like really, is it going to make any difference? You know? It's amazing when you just start to obey the principle and follow the principle that God sends a blessing on that 30 rand and opens opportunities for it so that it can be multiplied and it can grow. It's incredible. God commands a blessing on your storehouse. Do you have a storehouse? <laughs> Where's your storehouse? You need a storehouse to have that commanded blessing. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> so let's just talk about the the rest now. Okay? So we, let's say we're putting 10% into God's kingdom. We're putting 10% into savings. What about... The 80% that's left over. Well, this is, this is, this was a really interesting exercise for me to do. I got to find out about us as South Africans. Okay. So with, with the 80% that we have, if you go and ask the average person how much time they spend managing their money, Formulating financial vision, forecasting their financial future, you'll find that it's either zero to like that blog that I read. That one blog that I read. Not only that, you'll find that the average person, uh, where they got their financial skills, and most people will say the following. This is, this is quite funny. AV, won't you? I learned very little from my parents, nothing from school, and everything from hearsay and the school of hard knocks. That's most people's education when it comes to finances. I mean, I I was chatting with someone else the the other day about, they were telling me about invest, actually about three months, four months ago, about Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these things. and They were saying, listen, you've got to invest in it, Wayne. And I was like, why? So he said, no, my friend said that it's going to take off. (laughs) This was January. okay. If you guys know the markets ever since that day it 's just gone like like that yeah it 's gone lower and lower and lower it 's lost like almost huge value okay my friend but the, what caught me was my friend said, "Where do we get our financial advice from? Somebody was talking about it at the table next to us, and we heard. <laughs> Somebody just mentions it in passing. You've got a cousin who's rich and you asked him, hey, how'd you do this? And he said, yeah, I put my money there. You, we, we get our education just by random things. And how many of us grew up in a home where parents taught us to tithe and to save and how to steward the... Come on, raise your hand. I'd say maybe 3% of us here this morning, okay? So we didn't learn much there. How many of you learned financial stewardship at school? No, we learned of geography and, you know, all of those things. So where, and, and and get this, okay. So now we have this thing called money. It affects every part of our lives. How much time do we give to educating ourselves and how to use it and how to manage it and how to steward it properly? Okay. South Africa, this is the statistics. Why don't you bring it up, please? Check this out. Okay. This is our country. There are about five hours you have in a day if you're a working person. After sleep and work, there's probably, there's roughly five hours to, to do something. Okay? And it's typically food and travel and whatever else, but there's those, those five hours, entertainment, whatever it is. Five hours in a day. South Africa, this is what we spend our five hours doing. Next. Two, on average, Over two hours a day on TV. Average South African home. Okay, next one. Almost three hours a day on social media. Almost three hours a day on social media. You want to know where our five hours went? Netflix and Facebook. Okay, that's where it went. Why don't you bring up the next thing? That's why we are the fifth laziest country in the world when it comes to physical exercise. What are we doing with our five hours? We're sitting in front of the TV or on our mobile device. We're the fifth laziest in the world, okay? I know, I know, I'm like, really? Okay, next one. We are the biggest borrowers. In 2014, 2015, we were the biggest borrowing country in the world. And I'm talking about consumer debt, where we're borrowing money to buy things. In the world, guys. I mean, you think about like, there's like billions of other people in this world. Are you serious? South Africa number one? Yes. Number one when it comes in 2014, and 2015, okay? And we're not far off from there now. And we've got the lowest savings in the world. Seriously. And people say, well, the, people have argued and said, well, that's because we don't earn as much. India earns less than us. China earns less than us. China, average savings, 50% per household. India, average savings per household, 30%. So we can't say it's because that's how much we earn. Okay? So you can get this on stats.sa, okay, and go check it out. But now this, now this, you want to know why we're the fifth lazy as the biggest borrowers? It's because we're not spending our time on money and managing our money. Okay? <clears throat> so... <laughs> now you're all like flawed. <laughs> What's more likely to affect your future For you and your family Is it the way you manage your money Or is it going to be the latest Netflix series Is it going to be the financial health of your family Or another YouTube video <laughs> it's, it's just logical That if this thing affects us so much That we should be devoting time to learning how to manage it properly. We should. We shouldn't be sticking our heads in the sand. We shouldn't be lying on the floor defeated. And we shouldn't be dreaming about one day getting more money. Right? We should be practically learning how to steward our money properly. What should you be doing to steward your money? Three things. Three things you should be doing. Firstly, you should be accounting for your money. Okay. And this can... This. I'm not talking about hours. I'm talking... This could be like you know, half an hour a week, all right, or or maybe two hours a month or something. What what are you doing when you're accounting? You are checking your balances, paying your accounts, categorizing your expenditure, downloading bank statements, seeing how you've done, seeing how your your investments are growing. Um, and in order to do that, you're going to need a system. You need some software. You need an Excel spreadsheet. You need a budget. You need you need to spend some time on these things. Some people have envelope system. Who uses the envelope system? I respect you people. That's, that's one thing I could never try to do, alright? Tried and failed. All jars or, uh, different accounts, okay? Whatever, find what works for you and put some sort of accounting system in place. Secondly, you need to do some forecasting. And this could just be like half an hour a month or an hour a month where you sit down and you look at the month ahead and you predict your expenditure. You know, if you sit down and you look at what's to come, things won't catch you by surprise. And you won't feel that pressure and that stress and that anxiety of being, getting hit with all these bills if you just forecast yourself properly. And that means set some goals. Okay. And then, thirdly, and, and probably most importantly, is learning. We should be learning how to manage money. We should be subscribing to a blog or doing an online course or you know, learning how to generate pass- passive incomes or stocks, markets, investments, bonds, interest rates. We, all these things, we need to learn how to do these things. It's not enough that we just go through our life without ever really knowing how the stock market works, yeah? Or, or what uh, you know, bonds are and how they work. We have to spend some time learning You know, if you did did an hour on that every week, if you just said, you know what, one hour every week, I'm just going to learn about money. Pick a topic and you're just going to learn. Let me tell you something. You will be empowering yourself and your children and your children's children. And you will be getting dominion over this thing. The Bible says this, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's true, we need knowledge, man. We need to know some stuff in order to be able to do some stuff. And when you get to the average person, you'll find that their financial skills or their financial knowledge is seriously lacking. (laughs) Seriously, seriously lacking. And it's not enough just to say, well, I'm not a finance person. (laughs) You're talking about your life. You're talking about your future. You're talking about your peace. You're talking about your prosperity. And also, you're talking about God's kingdom prospering in the earth as well. Can I hit home with a, a really tough one this morning? Luke 16, verse 11 says the following. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? This is Jesus speaking and saying, that, like, guys, the way you use your money is of great interest to me, and the way you steward it qualifies you for anointing, for more anointing in your life, true riches. So let me finish this morning. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes. It's gone a little quiet. <laughs> They've dropped a bomb on you. Come to stand to our feet. Let's let's stand up. <clears throat> you can come and get prayer for finances, and that's a good thing. But we must learn how to steward our finances as well. It's no good if we're living completely opposed to God's principles and biblical principles in finance, and then we're always coming for prayer on finances, thinking something's gonna change. We have to take dominion over our finances and take control over them. How do you do that? Put first things first. Secondly, get some savings going. And then with the rest, make sure that you're accounting, that you're forecasting, and that you're learning. And I can tell you now, You will have peace, all right? You will have dominion over this thing. It's not a big monster. You can do this thing. Amen? Amen. I've asked Knox, if she wouldn't mind, this morning, coming up and blessing us, right? Um, In the Old Testament, what we we find is um, God asking the elders to stand in front of the people and to raise their hands over the people and to pronounce a blessing over them so that they can prosper in everything that they're doing. And so I've asked Knox to take Deuteronomy 28 and the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 and to speak them over us this morning. And And as as she prays this over us this morning, I just want you to have the heart to to receive this morning. Maybe some of you are just feeling so defeated and so hopeless and I don't know, like you, you just don't know how you're ever going to get this thing right. Let these words wash over you this morning. Let them encourage you. You can walk out of here and you can get dominion over your finances, amen. Thanks, Max. Come
1: on. Okay, let's pray, Father. We thank you that you are a great and awesome God, God who desires to bless us. So, this morning, just release your blessings over your people, your blessings, Father for us as individuals, your blessings in families, your blessings, God, in companies. Heavenly Father, we release productivity over us in the name of Jesus, that we would be fruitful in everything that we put our hands to. Father, we thank you for those uh, ideas, dear God. Father, we thank you for abundance of great ideas that align with your calling in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you call us, dear God, to prosper in every area of our lives. So I release us, dear God, and I thank you for your blessings over us, dear God. For supernatural connections with people that we will be able to learn from, dear God. For supernatural connection with ways in which we can learn and grow in our understanding of finances. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your blessings over our lives to increase, to stretch out, to to be productive, to be fruitful, dear God. To bear fruit in every uh, endeavor that we put our hands to as we follow you directing us in our lives, Lord, I thank you for your productivity even upon our children and our children's children. Dear God, we release blessings over each one of us to be generational thinkers, to be generational doers. Dear God, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that we are released, dear God, to do exceptional things that will bless the fourth generation, the fifth generations in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you and we are released, Father God, to be ex- exceptional in music to be exceptional in science to be exceptional dear God in, in, in the medical fields in the name of Jesus that we are not those who only do for now but dear God we reproduce of our own kind and we thank you Lord that we are released by you dear God that as we listen to you and as we walk with you that we reproduce great things dear Lord Father we thank you for for thank you father God for for that overflow that we are a people who overflow financially we overflow we thank you God that we are ideas banks that when people speak to us they get ideas dear Lord and from those ideas they prosper in the name of Jesus dear God I release blessings upon our bank accounts upon our our, our yes dear God our bank accounts and all that we have saved dear God we thank you in Jesus name that father you You put a blessing over all that we have put out, dear Lord. And thank you in Jesus' name that your blessing makes us rich. That's what your word says. It says the blessing of the Lord makes us rich. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that as we become faithful and as we put you first, dear Lord, you cause us, we thank you, Father, that you cause us, dear Father, to multiply. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the 30-fold. We thank you for the 60-fold. We thank you for the 100-fold blessings upon our finances, upon our health, upon our children, upon our homes in Jesus' name. And dear God, we thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing. That everywhere where we put our our money, dear God, your blessing follows in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We give you the praise that you are good and we are going to see this in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.